relax Let the positive vibe flow Back another bowl Radio, uh, you're listening uh, to us live at the moment and on iTunes uh, tomorrow. Um, so uh, we're kind of talking the future. Today is Thursday, September 12, 2013. Hope everyone's doing well this evening. Uh, I'm your host, David Kowalski, and I actually have a guest with me this evening. I have uh, Radical Russ Belleville with me. Howdy, everybody. And uh, we're here in Boston. I'm going to actually uh, start out uh, this show. Um, well, actually, I want to first of all thank um, all of our uh, live listeners and people that are uh, listening to us live and all the people that subscribe to our podcast and download. Um, you guys are keeping us up top. Uh, we're peaking out at a few thousand downloads a week. Thank you very much, everyone, for your support. Um, we are listener-driven uh, and listener-supported, so I thank everyone for who supports us, and I thank our uh, sponsors for, for keeping us on the air and uh, I'd like to also thank uh, everyone at High Times for having us out and taking such good care of us last week uh, at the Cannabis Cup. And having said that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, segue into, um, I guess I'll just go over uh, the uh, results of the Cannabis Cup, um, starting from the top, working way down, and then I'll go into a few things that happened uh, there. Um, so uh, first and foremost, congratulations to all the winners. Uh, for Best Sativa, uh, third place was OG Ghost Train Hayes, number one from a Greener Today uh, collective. Second place was Trent Dog from Freedom Collective. Um, I do have to go ahead and uh, put a shout-out to the guys at Freedom. They have been good to us both at Hempfest, uh, Seattle Hempfest, as well as uh, the Cannabis Cup. Um, thank you very much. Uh, special thanks uh, to Tyler uh, from Freedom. Uh, thank you for always looking out for us uh, at, at the events. Uh, first place, TJ Platinum Label from TJ's Organic Gardens. Uh, for Best Indica, third place, uh, TJ's Purple Label from TJ's Organic Gardens. Uh, 
Second place, Star Dog from Evergreen Patient Network. First place, True OG from Only the Best, OTB as they're known by. Best Hybrid. Third place, El Jefe from Only the Best, said OTB. Second place, Jack One, uh, aka Rebel Alliance from Triple Mega. First place was Ewok from Freedom Collective again. Yeah, good job, guys. Good job. Freedom does have some very lovely um, product for sure. Now we jump into uh, best concentrates. Um, third place, Afterlife OG Honeycomb from Exotic Genetics. Second place, OG Thin Mints. Great strain, by the way. Great, great smoke. Best con- great concentrate uh, from Gold Coast Extracts. First place was HGH Goji OG Overshatter from VSL Collective. The best non-solvent hash. Third place went to BAMF Lemon OG Solventless from VSL Collective. Second place was Orange Lifesaver from Stay Concentrated. First place, Dynasty OG Solventless from Urban Healing and Collective and the Green Masons. In the best edible category, third place was Edelu's Medible Sampler from Greenside Medical. Second place, Be the Light Golden Frankincense Truffle from Chefettes. Chefettes, sorry. First place, Daydreamers High CBD Chocolate Bar from SJ Patients Group. Um, I do have to say there's truffle things are the bomb and a few of the medibles I had from Edelou uh, this past weekend I have to just put a comment out there about edibles Seattle, Washington you people have stepped it up when it comes to medibles I had some good, good edibles that point of some of the stuff you didn't even taste the, the cannabis in it and it got you tore up from the floor up you guys have definitely produced. I had some awesome ice cream. Oh, whatever, I'm going to get off on tangent. We're going to move on. I'll talk about that later. Um, best U.S. flower. Third place, Master Yoda from Kush Connection. Second place, Uncle Jim from Camo Collective Gardens. First place went to my friend, uh, Kyle Cushman, uh, Veganic Strawberry Cough from Cushman Genetics and Buds and Roses, L.A. Great, great flower. Great flower used by a great guy. Um, the best U.S. hash. Third place was Goji OG uh, from VHL Collectives. Second place, Killer B OG from Brutal B Concentrates and Precision Oil Tech. First place, White Walker OG from Gold Coast Extracts. Phenomenal hash, White Walker, good stuff. And they're all good. Um, I tried the White Walker, good stuff, good stuff. Um, high CBD award. Uh, in regard to uh, edible concentrates and flowers, uh, the edible went to C-Bay, uh, CB and the lollies from MTG Seeds. The concentrates, CBD Simple from Photosphere Systems. And the flower, Catatonic from Elemental Wellness Center in San Jose, California. The best non-edible medically infused product went to Kush Creams. Kit from Kush Creams, which is topical ointment. Uh, best booth, when I mean, you guys weren't there, but I'll tell you anyway, third place is Oil Slick, second place is California's Finest, and first place is Cali Connection. Personally, I think Oil Slick's booth was better than the other two, but, you know, I wasn't allowed to be a judge, because I wasn't. Um, best product, uh, Oil Slick. Uh, first place, Oil Slick. Um, I, I have to say, look up Oil Slick. Um, great products, for those of us in the 710 world and dab world, um, they took care of us. They took care of Canada Radio. They took care of things that uh, we needed. Uh, they looked out for us. And, uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and actually give them a, a little bit of free advertising uh, this month uh, once they get the ad page up uh, because they were so kind and generous to us at uh, the Canada's Cup. Thank you, Oil Slick. Uh, you know, Thank you the green, to the entire green team. Thank you so much. Uh, second place went to California's Finest Medical Marijuana Cigarettes. Um, California's Finest. Not a fan, personally. My personal opinion, not a fan. Wasn't impressed. It was nicely packaged, nicely done, but overall, I didn't think it was all that great. Uh, third place, 
710 can by 710 cans. Uh, they are actually Florida, Tampa natives, that company. Um, and uh, based out of Colorado now, uh, but they took third place for best product, and that's an extractor uh, extractor system. Uh, for best glass, third place was silica glass, uh, mm-hmm. from silica glass. Um, second place was Get Connected by Cali Connection. Um, Swerve and his crew, uh, great guys, Cali Connection, awesome genetics coming out of that place. Um, beautiful glass pieces um, as well. Uh, first place in the best glass category was Sasquatch Glass, and uh, they also produced some great products. And that's the rundown of the winners of the Cannabis Cup. Aside from the the plethora of cannabis that was about and oils and extracts and all kinds of wonderful goodness at the Cannabis Cup, the High Times Yes Cannabis Cup last weekend, um, I mean... The one, the one thing that that I have to say about any any of these events, um, to all you out there, um, including myself, um, in uh, illegal land or you know whatever you want to call it, uh, it's a different world. It's a different world. Like the, you can't even comprehend what it's like to feel a sense of complete freedom when you've been hiding something for so long. You know, for me, I guess it's a little different because everyone who knows me knows that I'm very open about what I do, obviously with cannabis information network and cannabis network radio. Um, you know, I kind of put myself out there. Um, but for those of us who live in prohibition, you know, I, I urge, you know, my listeners who haven't had the opportunity to put some money together, save some up, and come out and to attend one of the high times events. Um, you know, save up for Seattle Hempfest next year. We got the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam. It's not quite the same as the States. That's a whole different animal in itself, but it's still a quote-unquote legal weed event. Coming to these legal weed events where you just see a display of, A, the most beautiful product, wonderful people um just I, I don't even know how to explain what what the feeling or sensation is it's it's kind of like that feeling of yeah, the best way i can describe it in terms of like that sense of just freedom or whatever the case is is, is if you get pulled over by a cop and your heart's racing and the dude comes up and just like gives you a warning or something and that feeling afterwards you know you have that satisfied feeling and it's kind of similar to that I guess um, when you're in uh, you know an event like the Cannabis Cup or, or whatnot where A the people's voice had been heard um, people spoke and their state recognized they wanted um, and their civil liberties are being uh, restored and their rights are being restored um, and their freedoms are being restored and you know it's, it's being able to actually see that in reality that instills hope in myself and I think for many others. Um, and there's lots of things changing and we'll, we'll get into uh, the whole congressional uh, hearing that happened the other day and, you know, everything's happening on the political side of things in just a little bit. But I have to go ahead and, and mention and, and thank you uh, to uh, Kitty Great Banks Miller and Jeremy uh, for inviting me to have me at the uh, world's famous cannabis farmers market. Now, that my friends, I must say, I felt like a child walking into Toys R Us for the first time. It is all, I'm going to say, independent growers for the most part that, you know, basically the same concept as a farmer's market, but all cannabis related. Food, edibles, uh, oils, extracts, flour, I mean, all over the place. And just people that are passionate about it, and that's and that's also a very unique thing that you get out there. The passion that comes with the industry when you have a certain freedom is much more abundant. You know, I mean, I know that sometimes I start talking about things, and people around me just because they're afraid someone might hear me 
talking about marijuana. Like, oh my God, it's what I do every day, all day. But you know, who knows? It's one of those things. But you know, when it's what's in, when it's embraced and it's discussed, and you can be on a bus or you can be in a restaurant and you're people just talking about the different grows and different strains. It's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. And I highly suggest that uh, you know uh, you have the opportunity to go out there and 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 live it and check it out and whatnot. Uh, speaking of which, we actually are going to be back. Um, go where I'm actually going to go back to Seattle for the grand opening of the world uh, of grand reopening of the world famous cannabis market. That'll be October sixth, uh, which is, again is a few weeks away. So look at this. I'm like I'm like Denver, Seattle. Uh, New York, Seattle, now I'm in Boston. Uh, I think next week I have a break. I'm going to be in Jamaica for a wedding, and then I'm going to be in Seattle again next week. And I have to try to get a, a thought that maybe I should just move out west because this whole like seven and a half hour flight thing just is getting old, and this three day in and out is, is getting old. Really, you know, because I'm telling you, man, three, four days taking a trip across the country and time difference, whatever, it's kicking my ass. <laughs> so, um, but uh, great time, great cause. Thank you, everyone, for, for having us out and, and, and uh, looking out for us and inviting us uh, to take part in, in the two special events, the U.S. High Times U.S. Cannabis Cup and uh, World Famous Cannabis uh, Market. We're going to go ahead and uh, jump to uh, listen to some tunes and take a quick break here and gather my thoughts. We'll be back. Uh, we're going to bring uh, Radical Russ Belleville on the show with us uh, to talk about uh, some of the stuff going on in the political world and what went on with the Senate hearings yesterday. And, um, you know, can I get a feedback from someone else uh, in the cannabis world? He's been doing this a lot longer than me and I guess in some ways kind of a mentor. So uh, um, I'm very honored to be able to do this with him. And uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes uh, with more Cannabis Network Radio.
And we're back with Cannabis Network Radio. I hope everyone is doing well this evening. I thank all of our live listeners that are just tuning in uh, to tonight's show. Um, I know we are all wacky with our schedule, and I know that I told everyone that after September we were going to do it on Mondays and Wednesdays from 8 to 9. I'm doing it on Thursday, and I'm all confused, but I promise you, next week we'll be back to our regular scheduled program times of Mondays and Thursdays at uh, from, from 8 to 9 here on Cannabis Network Radio. Um, tonight, uh, I'm in Boston. We're doing a remote show uh, this evening. I'm here for the Boston Freedom Rally that's going to take place Saturday and Sunday here in Boston. So if you're in the relative area, within a couple hundred miles of the area, get in your car, get over here, join us. Uh, starts at noon, mm-hmm. high noon on Saturday, and uh, it'll be on Sunday. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit, but right now, um, I want to welcome uh, Radical Russ Belleville to Cannabis Network Radio. Thanks, David. Um, thanks for uh, coming on and being here. Um, so give me your uh, feedback, opinions, and whatnot of the whole uh, Senate hearings, the Security Committee hearings that went down uh, yesterday. Well, you know, it's pretty amazing when you've got the United States Senate finally discussing not if we're going to legalize marijuana, but how. Uh, Washington and Colorado kind of stuck it to the states, stuck it to the feds and said, you know, we're going to go ahead with this. And there's a few highlights that really stood out to me. One of them uh, had to do with the reaction from the Deputy Attorney General, James Cole, when he was asked by one of the senators, I forget which one, probably Grassley from Iowa, who's against it, uh, about why they were going to go and shut this down, you know, the big terrible pot problem. And uh, the attorney general had to admit that, in his just paraphrase, he was saying, we can't shut down the legality of personal possession. Under our Constitution, the federal government can't force a state to make something illegal, right? So there's nothing the feds could have done about allowing us to have an ounce on us. Now, what they could have done is gone and sued us doing businesses around it, because then that's commerce clause. Then that's the government. They can control commerce. They can control business, right? And the deputy attorney general had to say, we could have done that, but then you'd have a whole bunch of people that were legal to possess and absolutely no regulations on the market, and that would be worse. To hear the deputy attorney general saying regulating the marijuana market was a better option than prohibition, that's historic. I mean, regulating the market in general, you know, across across the board is ideal because, you know, from from my experience of being, I'm going to say, a good old southern boy in a prohibition country, you know, people think weed is weed is weed is weed is weed is weed is weed. You know, and I can't tell you how many people have said to me in conversation, Russ, are like, oh, well, well, it makes my heart race or, or it makes me hungry and I don't like the way that it makes me feel. Like, well, it's because you're having the wrong, you know, you have the wrong bud or you have yeah. the wrong plan. And they yeah. look at me like, strange, what do you mean? You know, and I'm like, well, it depends if it's an indicator. And they have to look on people's face like, what the hell are you talking about? Right, right. And, you know, part of regulating the industry is people to have access and being able to, again, I personally feel that the key to full national legalization is education and the people. Because I think that 80% of the reason why things are the way they are in prohibition states is because people are not educated properly. And that's, you know, what you and I both experience. False evidence appearing real. They don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) Yes. And a default human reaction is to be afraid. But well, speaking of, of default reactions and stupidity, um, Kevin Sabat. I, <laughs> uh, I know both of us, we have our opinions of this lovely of lovely gentleman. And, and speaking of people that, you know, could be broad daylight outside and you can tell them it's, it's daylight and they'll tell you it's night and they'll stick to their guns. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of those individuals. Um, I personally laugh at pretty much everything that he says, as they typically usually do. Yeah. Um, how... How do you feel people reacted to 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 his comment? I was actually kind of pleased by some of the reactions. I, I was pleased as well. In number one, that after he gave his testimony, he was pretty much ignored. Uh, I think he spoke. He was he was addressed um, maybe one or two more times, and there was a whole lot of questions for the sheriff from Seattle and the the legal counsel from Colorado. 
it's almost as, as if the senators wanted to talk to people who actually knew what was going on rather than somebody who was trying to stop it. Uh, Kevin Sabet, I think, came off, uh, you know, for many people, I, I think at the end of his testimony, uh, Senator Pat Leahy, who's the chairman of the committee, actually said something to the effect of, but you don't think what we're doing now works, do you? <laughs> I mean, you don't think this prohibition is actually succeeding, do you? You know, one thing which I've noticed about listening to, to Kevin talk, you know, oh, for those of you who don't know, I'm sorry, we're not really a political show, Kevin Sabet, aside from being a schmuck, Sorry, I had, I had to say it, and that's just my personality, and if he's offended, don't care. Um, basically, he used to be the director of drug policy, and now, he, no, now he's the director of drug policy at the University of Florida, right in our backyard. Um, he is Mel and Betty Sembler's pet project. Um, they're his cash cows. Um, uh, people don't know who the Sembler's are. They are the Partnership for Drug Free America. Um, they, yeah, the Assemblers ran a anti-drug uh, camp for kids. It was called Straight Ink. Oh, yeah. It was later convicted of uh, uh, torturing kids, Killing. kidnapping, three deaths. Kid, three deaths. I mean, these are some nasty people. In Florida, where we live, just so you know, for all you Florida people listen to my show and know a lot of you, Mel and the Assembler live in St. Pete. I can give you their address. Just go ahead and let me know, and, and I'll <laughs> go ahead and be more happy to provide this to you. Uh, Calvina Fay. Uh, her also, the Wicked Witch of Everything, who has probably not a nice bone in her body. Um, aside from the fact, Calvina, you need to get laid really bad. You need to smoke a joint and start getting with the program. You're an idiot. All right, moving right along from that, um, Kevin Sabat basically is, he likes to try to be the quote-unquote the new face to the opposition or I call him a kinder, gentler drug warrior. Right. He wants to try to fool the mainstream into thinking, well, no, no, we don't want to lock people up either. We just want to put them in a treatment or a rehab they don't really need. Right. Now, it's so funny that Kevin Sabat happens to end up in the state of Florida, whose governor happens to have one of the largest drug testing companies. Oh, sorry, sorry, it's not his anymore. Not his, anyway, it's his wife's. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It changed when he became governor. Yeah. It's his wife's business. He has nothing to do with it. Absolutely. Politically disconnected. Right. You know, <laughs> yet Rick Scott, the governor who went ahead and invested $80 million of his own money and takes no salary because he's not going to benefit anything from anything he's doing. But nonetheless, um, you know, he comes in and he wants people to push for drug treatment and drug testing, you know, so on and so forth. And Kevin Sabet's right behind it. And I just feel it ironic all happening in the state of Florida. Um, you know, we are so half-assed backwards in Florida, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, I thought, you know, eight, nine months ago, I thought we were going to have medical marijuana uh, on the bill, you know, or at least have a hearing for it in the state of Florida. Not only did that not happen, in less than 24 hours, they had a whole bill drafted and passed on banning bonds in the state of Florida. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. The bill got dropped at 11.58 at night, was heard at 8.03 the next morning, which Ironically, means no one really had a chance to read it, which they never really do. Anyway, yet it passed with flying colors, and it wasn't even like set for more than four and a half minutes of actual mm -hmm. uh, time. But yet, the Kathy George Medical Cannabis Act, which was a awesomely written bill, I must say, didn't even get a hearing, and they know all about it. Well, for when we dropped the 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 injunction on Pam Bondi to uh, you know, and back in December, they knew it was coming, but whatever. Nonetheless, I'm digressing off the topic. All right. So back to the Senate hearing. Um, Russ, you were saying that, yeah, it is absolutely positive, wonderful positive thing and shows where we've come by actually them saying, let's figure out how to, you know. And, and, the most, and the most compelling speaker, I think, of the entire hearing was the sheriff from King County, Washington, uh, John Urquhart. And his paragraph where he talks about the reason we do this is because of the will of the people. I respect the will of the people. Too many people in law enforcement get this arrogant attitude that we're the cops and we'll, you don't tell us what we do, and I'm not going to fall into that trap. Bravo, man. Let's have some more law enforcement like that that understand that. You know, that's what an organization like LEAP does. Yeah. You know, they, they bring, you know, they bring members of law enforcement together, and they educate them in, in the reality of things. Now, one thing I want to say about the police chief, commissioner, or whatever his title is, not only is he active duty and currently, he's not retired, he showed up in the hearing in full dress uniform mm -hmm. and testified 
as a current officer of the law and a former narcotics officer of 20 years is on his, on, on his resume, and he flat out said the drug war has failed. Yeah. Quote, unquote, is what he said in the Senate hearing. It was awesome. It was almost like a slam dunk. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a beautiful moment to hear that. And, and folks, if you want to see this testimony, it's still up online. You can get it on, I think, cspan.org or through the senate.gov. Look for the Judiciary Committee. You can, it's a podcast, man. You can download it, listen to it. It's amazing. It's, you know, I, it could be a little bit boring. However, I, I recommend and urge all my listeners, you know, live and on the podcast and whatnot, you know, this is one of those things where I say educate yourself. It's something that you actually can learn and see how the process works, and you can actually find out that members of, of our Congress and members of our government really are trying to help us as opposed to, you know, I know we all think of the negative, but those are the guys that you want to keep tabs on. You know, those are the guys that congressmen you want to follow. Um, and women, you know, starting, because in Florida we have, you know, whatever, you know, one of the local uh, congressmen got on board backing it, you know. Well, right. So, you know, definitely take a moment, watch it. It's not... It's like an hour, I think. Four hour and a half that total testimony. I you know, forward yourself the last like half hour of it. That's where Sabet and the sheriff and the, the yeah. legal counsel are. That's that's the fireworks, that's the fun stuff. Yeah. Um and then maybe everyone kind of understand why I have my opinion to do about Kevin Sabet. Yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, um yeah, I think that you know, it's weird. I, I have not been doing I have been a cannabis activist for, for a long time. I guess since I have started using cannabis, uh, it was illegal. You know, I've been, in a way, an activist because of something that I did, whatever. I've only been in the thick of things, I like to call it, for about four, you know, four years, you know, really being an activist. And I have to say that, you know, the way things are, are, are changing, I don't want to get overly excited because... You know, I don't like putting all my eggs in a basket, but, you know, from just seeing the way things are in Washington State and Colorado, of, of having the opportunity to, to actually be involved in these things for firsthand and experience them, um, and then seeing what's going on outside and, you know, listening to congressional hearings and, you know, be like, and seeing it's a major media now with, with Sanjay Gupta. And like, the fact is you can't now turn on any ma- major media network and not at least hear some snippet about, Marijuana, oh, yeah. which is which is an amazing, which is an amazing. That's that big change is, is. I think it's been exacerbated by our economy sucking so bad that people are desperate to look for any industry that has some growth to it. I mean, uh, literally, I was on the phone. I was on the phone with uh, from Nat Geo's Drugs Inc., who told me it was their highest rated series they've ever had. Yeah. The people out at CNBC did a marijuana. Special yeah. that they still repeat. It's like two or three years old. They still get mass ratings off it. They know that the American people are ready to talk about this. They're ready to change these laws. Everybody knows someone who smokes pot, and if they don't, most people don't think it's that big a deal. It's kind of that elephant in the room. Nobody has been wanting to point it out, but uh, now the Senate's talking about it. You can't not talk about as, it. As I said in the last few episodes, now is time to talk about it. Talk about everyone. Yeah. There's no. There's no reason. You know, I, as I said, I think in my last show and a show before that when I did my rant, we are not going to be bullied anymore. Because of the whole big anti-bullying thing for all of us in no. Prohibition states, we are not going to be bullied anymore. We are not going to let them bully us. We're getting on board with the whole anti-bullying. We're not going to be bullied by the police. We're not going to be bullied by our congressmen. We're not going to be bullied by the propaganda anymore. We're not going to be bullied anymore. And that's the whole thing we have to talk about. Talk about your friends, family, doctor. Talk about your kids. Talk about your kids, school teachers. Talk about everyone. It is now not a taboo subject. It is time to have a clause, time for your voice to be heard, because we, the people, we the people are going to make the difference. The social change, not the political change. The reason why political is happening is because they're realizing this is what the people want, and they can't do anything about it. Jury nullification is happening right and left, right and left. They can't get convictions on it anymore. So you know what? They're giving up. And it's not because the political people are deciding, oh, hey, this is the good, right thing to do. No, don't be mistaken. It's because they're realizing their constituents and the people that vote for them their voices are being heard. Yeah. We, the people, are making the difference. And now is the time. Now, right now, today, 
last week with everything with the momentum's going, everyone else in our Provision state, stand up for yourself. Start talking about it because we, we are the people that are going to make the change. We're the people that are going to make the difference. And you know what? There's most of the people in the Senate and in Congress that are against that are old, they're going to be dead. Yeah. So you know what? Out with them anyway. And you know, there's going to be new young blood. And I think you're the passion that we have behind what we're trying to do. That's what makes the difference. And that's why I come to you and I do what I do is because I want to see things change everywhere. I don't want to just be talking about Colorado and Washington and California and, you know, whatever. And California is not talked about anymore because, you know, Colorado and Washington, there's other states out there. You know, and for all these states out there that are struggling, you have, quote, unquote, medical marijuana laws in the books, you're trying to figure it out. You know what? Don't let, let get organized. Get people together, make committees, figure it out yourself, and then bring it to the political day. We figured it out. And you know what? Colorado and Washington State, I personally am more of a fan of got their shit together. So you know what? Take some notes. Call some people. Um, take some action. Learn from these states of how it can be implemented in your state. And now with the federal government saying, we're not going to intervene and we're not going to bother you, it's not an excuse that a governor or a state official can use anymore. Right. Like, oh, whatever. So we took that element away. So now is the time to really start having a conversation about it. It's being talked about um, in Congress. It's being talked about in, in judicial hearings. It's being talked about, you know, by the by Eric Holder, the Attorney General. I mean, General. I mean, yeah. and more and more it's being talked about. And it's time for all of us to start talking about it and keep it going. Um, yeah, when it comes to that conversation too, don't limit yourself to certain classes or types of people to talk about it. You'd be surprised what you think the most anti-pot person actually really does think about pot. I mean, we get the most strange bedfellows now. There was, a, there was a press conference today where Representative Earl Blumenauer, my representative in Congress, wears a bow tie and bikes to work in Washington, D.C. He's totally liberal, you know, district, was in a press conference with Grover Norquist, the right-wing anti-tax guy, right? Right-wingers, left-wingers, old, young, rich, poor, black, white, upper-middle-class, purple-spotted, it don't matter. Everybody's talking about weed now. And they're all smoking it, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and like, whatever, which, you know, clearly bringing the essence of can't we all just get along to, to uh, you know, a true, true light. Um, you know, as I've said numerous, numerous times before, I'm going to reiterate it again. Each and every one of you that are listening to this show has the power to change a person's life. You have that power by educating, by giving over information and educating people that don't know so you can go ahead and improve the quality of a person's life. Every person, I guarantee you, every person out there you talk to, somebody knows somebody that, if anything, could use the benefits of, of cannabis from a medical perspective. My take on it is that it improves the person's quality of life overall in every which way, you know, from start to finish, whether it be severe case of, of cancer or just a mild case of nausea and, you know, a little bit of anxiety. Um, you know, when I went toe-to-toe with the uh, commissioner for the Children's Drug-Free Coalition in the state of Florida, when I sat in front of the in front of the state house there, he started coming at me, and he was one of those people that, again, you can say daytime, and he'll say it's nighttime, and that's just the way it will be. But nonetheless, what I ended up sent him off with his California Black Force, the conversation went as this. I said to him, I can't remember his name anymore. I probably should remember things like that. But uh, I said to him, I said, when you get a headache, what do you do? So first response, well, I take a ta- uh, aspirin or Tylenol. I don't remember what exactly the terminology he used. And so I said to him, I said, oh, so that's something you do automatically. Why? And he's like, oh, because it takes my headache away. I said, and I said to him, I said, so you're addicted and it's after a debate of addictions, I'm asking, so you're addicted to taking Tylenol for a headache. He's like, oh, no, I'm not addicted because I can do without it. I said, but you choose to take it because it makes you feel better, right? So technically, though, like you just told me, you're addicted to taking Tylenol for a headache. You know, and it's <laughs> the same thing as, as going ahead and, and, you know, using cannabis, you use cannabis, a natural plant to cure your headache or your migraine or whatever the case is. You know, so yet you have Tylenol, which can kill people if taken enough of it, and then, you know, which can harm people and stay your stomach, and certain people can't even take it because of what they have. I mean, you know, whatever. Or you have a natural plant that has no side effects. 
you know, I think I should have the right to choose that, whatever. So that ends that conversation real quick, because I told him he was an addict because he put, you know, Advil or whatever it was for his headache. And that's so, part of that. They throw the word addiction and addict around, and it really offends me, because my dad nearly died of alcoholism. Now, that's an addiction, right? Uh, to me, an addiction to a drug is if you stop taking it, you can die. Other than that, it's a dependence. If you got, if you're smoking too much weed, you're taking too much acid, you're gambling. No, no, no. You know what? No, I just agree because you know what? I'm addicted to cannabis. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Because I'm addicted to feeling better. <laughs> okay, okay. But you're not, you're not going to die. No, I, I, no, 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 no. I won't. No. But I'm addicted to feeling good. I'm addicted to not having. Uh, joint pain. I'm, I'm addicted to having back pain. Don't you think the word addiction implies some sort of slavery? I like to see that we choose what shit. We choose these cannabis medical. You know the thing is, but I try to cannabis habit. But the reason why I choose to use the word addiction the way I do yeah. is because of the negative that people always, you know, what did you like to be addicted to feeling good? So almost like taking over the term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I why? Because it, it benefits. Your life. I'm addicted to feeling better. I'm addicted, you know, same thing as being high. Uh, you know, define high. High, you know, people have this synonymous thing with high. Oh, you're a junkie, so you're high, whatever the case is. Me, high? I'm high on life. Why am I high on life? Because I'm happy. I'm feeling better. I'm pain free. Yeah, that's my high. My high is happiness. My high is feeling better and feeling good. My addiction is feeling good and being better. And these are all the things that are generated from this wonderful plant. I can be pain-free. I cannot be, you know, my mind cannot be racing into a million places. My deficit could be controlled by it. I've known this since I was 14 years old. You know, I have a master's. I have a doctorate. I went through school, graduate school, all of it. And none of it would have been possible if I was not using cannabis. Yeah. And, and uh it's, it's, it's so telling about our society and the puritanical streak that goes all the way back to the 1600s that we criticize people for seeking pleasure, for trying to feel better, for trying to enjoy. And, and you know, when the, when the opponents talk about medical marijuana, they talk about trying to extract the THC and the CBD and everything else and to take the high out of it as if... Euphoria is bad for somebody who's sick. Well, you know, some some people don't like having the psychotropic effects. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, listen, the concept of taking the high out of pot, I personally don't agree. I mean, it's not my agreeing or not agree. You know, it's truly, truly when it comes down to that, that's medical, that's medical cannabis science. Yeah, yeah. Meaning that that, you know, high CBD dosage stuff, but they know, like it like it's a requirement. We've got to take the high out of it. Now, I'm to that, like, there's near beer. I don't drink it. But some people like it, so have it. That's well, great. Right, I understand. I understand what you're saying, and yes, I concur with that. With, with what you're saying about, you know, we have to remove it, and you know, I think the people, at least from my meeting people in the market of removing the THC and high CBD stuff, they're very much one percent business folks that kind of got into the market yeah. and, are, and are, you know, making this about. Not like you know, oh, this is necessary because we want to conform to the paradigm. The, the par- right, yeah. exactly. Um, so, and I understand that you know the people that I have spoken to um, in Israel, they they actually were working on a lot with the with the with the low THC, high CB, not non-existent. And even when they had this uh, reports a few months ago about how Israel's developing uh, a non-high plant. Um, it's somewhat incorrect because it, it still has THC in those plants that they're producing there. Just the CBD is exponentially higher. And, and having high CBD for certain patients, and this is uh, going into the medical aspect of things, is much more beneficial to them. And some people don't like having that. You know, every person, I guess, reacts to cannabis differently. That's why there's so many different strains. And that's why now there's businesses with people testing it and claw. Because people react differently. You know, me personally, I am a 100% functional cannabis user. It doesn't matter, indica, sativa, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I, if I ever do, it progresses. But I do understand that there are some people that don't like having certain side effects that are treated to different strains of cannabis. So when you do have the high CBD uh, that typically is used for treating cancer patients and, and uh, you know, pain management and things like that, um, having that option out there, and the fact that we've been having this five years ago, <laughs> yeah. we weren't having this discussion like this. CB what? 
like, you know, breaker, breaker, 10 fork. And yeah, I was not even CBs. We knew. CB, isn't that a pipe club? Like, this is, none of this, Turpins, like, none of this stuff existed. Yeah, flavonoids. Wasn't that a cartoon when I was a kid? It was like a guest on, like, whatever. It was like a gem in the rockers. I don't even know. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, the fact that so many things are changing, it's, you know, and we're here, you know, and this is a perfect way to segue into into our last part, and, and um, which we'll do after we take a break. But we're going to talk about, we're here in Boston for, for the Freedom Rally. And, you know, Boston's always prided itself on freedom and rights. And the ironic thing is, is that this past week, or I would say not really literally this week, but in the last eight, ten days, eight, ten days it's been a whole bunch of stuff that's been happening here about the uh, Boston Freedom Rally that's coming up, uh, which we'll talk about uh, right after we get back from this uh, short break next on Cannabis Network Radio. so much we have cds and t-shirts over there come say hi give me a birthday hug i'm sweaty it'll be awesome well that was beeps and her money makers with funky flow and that's beeps giving her sweaty hugs as she usually does after the show welcome back to cannabis network radio i'm your host david kowalski with a special edition of uh, co-host as evening uh, radical russ um Russ, where can people find you? On, uh, on we're show? at 420radio.org, and then my personal blog's at radicalrust.com. You can find my writings up on uh, High Times, Alternate, Huffington Post. I'm all over. And the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. So, uh, well, speaking of the Freedom Rally this weekend, groovy, groovy. So, yeah, speaking of which, we're here in uh, Boston to attend this Freedom Rally, and there's been a little bit of a snafu of things going on here in regard to that. Uh, last week, uh, we found out they pulled their firm. They said, oh, you know, after months and months and months, and this was eight year, this eighth year they're doing it. Oh, God, this is 24. Is it 24th right? year? Oh, yeah. They decided they're going to pull the permit. Like, what's your take on that? Like, well, they... Talking to the mask can guys, they said this is a kind. Of, this is kind of like a, a annual ritual. 
the, 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 the powers that be in Boston, the cops, whoever, don't want this rally to go on, but there's not a whole lot they can do about it because it's all about you know free speech. Uh, one year they tried to to shut them down. They filed an injunction. And they you know got through it. Another year they said, okay, well you can have your rally, but all your vendors have to donate all their money to the Boys and Girls Club. They can't donate it back to you. And they got that thrown out. And this most recent one, they said, well, we don't have enough police to be able to police the event. Never mind the fact that the event is always peaceful. There's rarely any problems whatsoever. Uh, it's always just some excuse they try to use to try to delay, to try to, you know, maybe this will be the year they don't fight back. And it's just stupid because every year we fight back stronger. It's like uh, the more they try to shut it down, the stronger it gets. Why do you think there's so much more notoriety about that this year? If it's been a routine dance that's been... Because of legalization. Just, just because now it's legal in two states and marijuana is the hot topic and... Well, I mean, Massachusetts, I think, is... Yeah, they got medicinal uh, in 2012. They got decrim in 2008, so it's... And and MassCan and all these uh, activists out here in in Massachusetts did it from the ground root, you know, grassroots, ground up. They did it city by city first. And and they've built a very strong awareness in this state. So I think that's why it's getting a lot of attention is because, you know, I think the people in Massachusetts and, and most people nationwide realize this is just... Another bullshit stalling tactic from the from the cops. Especially now with everything that's going on, you know, you know, with the movement in itself. And I have and I have to say, when they invited me to come out here, uh, to, you know, when I met up with the guys at, at Hempfest, you know, Hempfest, they invited me to come this one in Boston, you know, and and it is a lot of traveling for me. But you know, this is going to be my first. I mean, I've been to Boston many times, being the fact that you know, I do grow up in Maryland down the road. But it'll be my first. It's my first. Um, Rally slash event, I guess, in the in the northeast, um, the true north, the true northeast, or New England states, or mm-hmm. whatever the case is, um, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And again, it's it's a display of freedom. Where actually, uh, freedom started from in our country, or purportedly started from in our country. Yeah, Boston Common is the birthplace of American democracy. Really, yep. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is. <laughs> it's a thing. And, and we're going to go ahead and uh, stand up for what it's like. Um, so, you know, there's that snafu, and then now they're, you know, I haven't had an update. The last I heard is that they only gave a permit for one day, not two days. Um, but the general consensus is that we're going to have the two days whether they want us to or not because we're exercising a First Amendment right of free speech. And... Uh, we're just going to because we can, um, and we're kind of America, damn it, yeah, because <laughs> we're kind of and we can, and that's really it, and that's really what it's coming down to, you know. And I think anyone that knows me, that's whoa, because I can, mm-hmm. you know. And and a lot of it, you know, people say to me, "You're nuts the way you propose things." When I, you know, when when I was doing the uh, Shades of Green tour and I was stopping somewhere, I'd call a place up and say, "I am coming to exercise my First Amendment right, and I'm going to be here doing it." Try to stop it. <laughs> um, and numerous people did attempt to, and they failed because there's a thing called the Constitution, which protects our civil liberties. And some and, of it's still valid. And some of it is still valid, you know, <laughs> whatever. And and I must say, one of the best things is when you actually educate yourself and you know the law. When someone tries to tell you what the law is, and you can actually tell them what the law is legitimately, um, it t- turns the tables on situations very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, that, and that's, you know, again, uh, you know, you have the right to freedom of speech. You have the right, you have so many other rights, uh, which I'll save for another episode. I've talked about it before. Uh, people are clueless about what their rights are because we're sheeple, unfortunately. Um, and that's where we're at. Um, but I'm not going to digress to one of my tangents. Um, yeah, so we're in, we're in Boston uh, for the Boston Freedom Rally. If you are within a Reasonable driving time of this event this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, come show your support. And, you know, come on out. It's supposed to be actually beautiful weather, um, it looks like. And, uh, of course, beautiful people and, and good times to be had. Um, Rusty said you are one of the speakers. Do you know who else is on the... Well, I know Rick Cusick from High Times Magazine will, speaking, will be speaking. Kara Crab Burnham from uh, Math Can Normal, I think, will be one of the speakers involved. Keith Strop will be down there. Probably... Uh, uh, Keith Saunders. Let's see who else we got in there. Ebony Knight. I know her. Ebony Knight's actually my agent. Uh, she is uh, from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Great activist down there. 
let's see who else we got on the list there. Mickey Martin uh, writes uh, the Cannabis uh, Warrior blog. He'll be speaking right before me, it looks like. Uh, Rick Cusick from High Time, I mentioned. Sharon Rabert, friend of mine coming up from Georgia Moms for Marijuana. Uh, her daughter, she was never really much of an activist until uh, the cops showed up at her house and pulled her 19-year-old daughter out of bed by her hair with a gun to her head over a gram and a half of weed. So uh, she'll be there. Julia Rose, I think, is with the Peter McWilliams Foundation. Yeah. Uh, who else do I recognize on that list? And um, uh, many of these may be local activists who are wonderful folks that I just haven't met yet. But uh, Diane Fornbacher from Normal Women's Alliance, uh, she is the uh, editor-in-chief of Ladybud magazine, fantastic activist. Sabrina Fendrick from the Normal Women's Alliance. Eric Williams from uh, Normal Connecticut, uh, I believe, is on that list as well. This is all sad. Kevin Oliver's coming in from uh, Washington. Danny Danko from uh, High Times Magazine. Cheryl Schumann, my friend, from, uh, well, from everywhere. Uh, Jack Cole from Leap. Madeline Martinez, my my mentor. Uh, She got me into activism. She's coming out from uh, Oregon's world-famous cannabis cafe. Good people. Junior. Junior Martinez, awesome. All great, good people. The lovely Jody Emery. Coming from Vancouver, BC, the princess of pot, so to speak. I do like her very much. She is an amazing. Great company. Oh yeah. Great individual. Always has a smile on her face. Even even after everything she has to go through every single day of losing her husband, literally to to the drug war. Even though we're seeming to make a little bit of progress, but yeah, yeah, she always has a smile on her face. Um, Very passionate about what she does and, and does great things for the cause in general, both here in the U.S. And Canada, you know, she's not even she's not even American, and she, you know, and she comes to America to to you know help us fight too. Yeah, you know? when a country comes and takes your husband, it'll focus you a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, John Dvorak's there. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got a hemp fashion show too. That's going to be yeah, really great. fun. Did you actually you guys see the fashion show at a? Uh, We had one um, at an earlier event that I did this year, though, and and just amazed at some of the, you know, because the old thought about what hemp was is kind of burlappy, but now they're mixing it with some stuff and making it really smooth and silky and nice. See, the hemp's got all, I don't know, whatever. I'm I'm a big advocate of of commercial industrial hemp. Mm -hmm. Hemp's one of those things that, hey, lasts forever. Yeah. And the more you wash it, the stronger it gets and the softer it gets. Yeah. Yeah, I I still have uh, hemp t shirts from my first year of actors in 2005. they're, they're still kicking. Anyway. So, yeah, we got, I mean, there's tons and tons of different, like, really good speakers, and, um, you know, we're looking forward to being here. Um, this is definitely a precedent for, for the north part of, of the world. You know, usually when I'm going to, you know, events, as you all know, I'm always going out to the west coast or that side of the world. Um, it's nice to actually participate uh, in an event here. Um, and we're going to be doing some interviews live uh throughout the course of the weekend that we'll be posting together for a show. Um, and uh, we'll definitely be talking about what happened over the course of the weekend, uh, Monday evening, um, on Monday night show on Cannabis Now Radio. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for, for listening, taking your time to listen, both live and if you're listening to podcasting, taking time to listen to the podcast. Um, and uh, thank you again for your support. We are a listener and and supported uh, station. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Uh, check out Russ's blogs and his show uh, every day, 3 o'clock Pacific. Yep, 3 o'clock Pacific on 420radio.org. He does everything, radio, video, audio, the whole gamut, the whole shebang, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, and uh, also, I think there should be, or maybe there will be, uh, we did a quick uh, show when we were at the Cannabis Cup, too, so that I think... Uh, you and I doing our first kind of particular law should be on that side. Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the interview we did at the Cannabis Cup. Um, actually, I haven't processed the uh, the live stream interviews. The, the handy cam interviews are the ones I put up first. So I think I'll get yeah. those next week. Up oh, whatever. So at some point I'll be there and you know, whatnot. But uh, definitely check out uh, Russ's show. Good, informative, uh, great, you know. Very news. political. Lots of news. Good show. Good show. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Uh, thank you, Russ, for being on with us this evening. Uh, thanks, Ed. Thanks, Justin, for all you guys do. Um, I want everyone to have a wonderful, safe night, uh, good night, safe weekend. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, till next time, uh, you're listening to Cannabis Network Radio. Talk to you on Monday. <laughs>